from the studios of One Jacks Productions. This is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Ingle, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right, well, welcome back to The Revealing. Uh, I'm Pastor Frank uh, here from One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm here with uh, Associate Pastor uh, Robert Ingle. Yes, sir. And our praise leader, Chris Wing. Hey. And uh, we are, man, we're, we're, we're a couple days here. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, we're a couple days from uh, Christmas, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the celebration of the birth of Jesus. And, and, and listen, uh, don't want to bust anybody's bubbles or anything like that. I'm not trying to do that. Uh, but uh, if we're going to let Scripture be true, uh, we're going to let uh, the, the, the Bible be the, uh, the authority in our lives. Uh, we, we, we do know that Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Uh, that is a, uh, a, a part of, uh, of the Roman Catholic tradition. Uh, and uh, actually, the Bible would uh, seem to imply uh, pretty, pretty, pretty obviously that he was born somewhere in September. Uh, that would be much more uh, biblically uh, uh, correct. Uh, but we're not here to rain on anybody's parade. Uh, we're going to celebrate his birth uh, the same. And uh, we're certainly thankful for that birth. Uh, you know, last time we talked about the importance of uh, that first uh, prophetic announcement in Genesis 3.15, talking about the coming of the seed. Uh, but that seed was going to be of a woman. And um, we know that the seed uh, uh, is uh, of man. I want to take a quick minute here just to kind of talk about that, uh, because I think that's very important in understanding why uh, Jesus had to be born of a virgin. I want to talk about the blood for a second, Uh, man. uh, When I think about, you know, listen, the first coming of Jesus and uh, his death is as we celebrate, and we're getting you ready uh, in April. We're going to celebrate uh, what we call Easter, uh, when uh, Jesus died on the cross. Listen, what we have to understand is, is that the first coming, uh, his virgin birth, and 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 his death, uh, the blood is important in both aspects of that, and that's very very important to understand. And the question would be that that many of uh, of our listeners might have is that. Uh, uh, you know, oh, why does the blood have anything to do with Jesus's birth? What does that got to do with anything? Well, uh, let's let's take a couple minutes to uh, talk about that. Um, I think uh, it'll be very very interesting. You know, we call this podcast a revealing, uh, and the reason why we do that is because we want to dig into some things here and and really uh, uh, bring to light uh, some truths of the Bible that uh, uh, may be uh, something you you never heard before. Uh, maybe uh, we're, we're, we're never uh, never had an understanding of, uh, but uh, maybe we can help uh, uh, work through some of these things. Think about this for a second. <clears throat> What's the one thing in the body that man can't live without? You know, it's really interesting, right? Uh, so we can we can we can uh, we can get, we can live without our hearts. We can get an artificial heart, right? We can live without. Um, uh, uh, listen, you could even be brain dead and still be alive. But, but the one thing in our bodies that has to be natural and, and can't be artificial and that we cannot live without is blood. Uh, blood needs to, uh, is the very thing that pumps all of our uh, uh, nutrients and things like that through our body. It's the one thing that's keeping us alive. Now, Interestingly enough, uh, from a scientific perspective, uh, we have learned uh, that although blood is the one thing keeping us alive, blood is the reason why we're dying. Um, it is because of our blood that we are growing old. It is because of our blood that uh, we will ultimately meet our, 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 our days. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's an amazing thing if you stop and you think about it. So let me, uh, let me say this. So you get back in the garden, and uh, Adam eats of the fruit, and and I don't we don't have a lot of time to talk about the uh, the, the nature of how this happened. Uh, just let's uh, let's promote an idea, and uh, maybe in a future podcast we'll uh, we'll 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 unravel this a little bit more. Uh, but for the sake of this podcast, um, think about this for a second. Man was flesh and bone when he was made. Genesis one tells us that. 
But then all of a sudden something happened when Adam ate of that fruit. And uh, certainly we know that, the, by the way, uh, just uh, as we reveal, you know, the fruit was not a, uh, was not a apple just so we know, okay? Uh, we're not told what that fruit is, uh, but I think we could probably do a pretty good study if we wanted to right now uh, to reveal that the, 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 there's a very, very good possibility and a very, very good chance, number six jumps to my mind right now, uh, that that fruit that they ate of was grapes. And of course, uh, all through the Bible, what does, what does grapes repre- represent? Uh, certainly it represents blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the, the proposition uh, that we're making is, is that um, whatever it was that Adam ate was most likely grapes. Uh, and then what happened was, is they went from being a spiritual uh, flesh and bone being. First uh, Corinthians 15 talks about that being uh, from, from, from a, 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 a celestial man. And then when they, ate of the, when they ate of that fruit, they became a natural man. And that natural man now has flesh and blood. Uh, hence the reason why now man is cursed and, and, and is destined to die. Okay, now I understand that we would uh, we would need to develop that for some of you listeners, and you kind of might have questions about that. But let's just take that uh, as a, a a distinct possibility. Uh, I think there's enough scriptural evidence to back that up. And and again, like I said, maybe in a future podcast we'll do that. But with with that being said, let's let's fast forward now. Uh, you know, uh, Leviticus 17.11 tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. Uh, and God says, that I have given it to you on the altar for the atonement for your souls. Uh, you think back in Genesis chapter 3 again, uh, after the fall, uh, Adam and Eve, when they found out that they were naked, uh, they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. Uh, God said, uh, no, that's not going to work out very good. And he, uh, he, he, he coats them with skins. Obviously, to coat them with skins, you're talking about the uh, an animal sacrifice. Uh, you move over into to, to Genesis chapter number four. Uh, you find the story of Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain brings a sacrifice uh, of his uh, the fruit of the uh, of the field, and and God did not have respect to that. Uh, and uh, Abel bring the sacrifice of uh, of the uh, of the of the uh, uh, of an animal, and and God did have uh, respect unto that. Uh, so very, very early on, we find out that um, to to cover uh, sin, uh, it has to be a, a bloody sacrifice. Now, of course, uh, the blood of animals didn't take away sins, um, which was the failure of the law. Uh, and, and, and although the law had some very important aspects to it, the failure of it was that those blood of those animals couldn't uh, uh, save anybody from their sins. Well... So let's talk again now about we kind of put that in place. Put that off to the side for a second. Let's uh, let's 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 talk about this. Okay, so we we know that Jesus is going to be born of a woman, a virgin birth. As you flow through scriptures, then we find out that Genesis chapter number twelve that Jesus would be would uh, or the Messiah would come from the line of Abraham. You follow Abraham. Abraham gives birth to Isaac, who gives birth to Jacob. Jacob, of course, is the uh, uh, his name gets changed to Israel, uh, and uh, he has 12 sons. Uh, as we move along, we find out that the Messiah is now going to be born of one of those 12 sons of Israel. That was going to be Judah. And then as we move forward and we get into the book of Ruth, we find out that, uh, that this, mes- this messianic line is now uh, going to be born of a king. It's going to come through uh, the line of, of, of uh of, of David, uh, who was, of course, was going to be born of, of Jesse. Uh, and, 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 and we follow that thing along. And the question is why? Well, remember, uh, the prophecies of Isaiah 9, 6 says that, that, that Jesus or the Messiah was going to sit on the throne of David. Why? Because the Messiah is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. Uh, the Messiah must sit on the throne of David. And by the way, uh, that Davidic covenant Second uh, uh, Samuel seven, I, I, if I'm if I'm right, uh, is is the Messiah is going to sit on the throne of David forever, and, and certainly we know that Jesus has not sat on that throne yet, uh, but we certainly do take our Bibles literally, uh, and certainly he's not going to sit on that throne spiritually. He is going to sit on that throne 
literally, uh, or else we got a lot of Old Testament scriptures we need to throw out now and, and spiritualize them, and, and, and we're just not going to do that. The Bible means what it says and says what it means, and we're not going to start making it say things that it doesn't say. Uh, very, very clearly, uh, he is going to sit on that throne. But uh, what's interesting is we have a little bit of a problem. Uh, okay, Genesis 3.15 says that he's going to be uh, born of a woman. Uh, and and, and uh, as we flow, as I said, he's, he needs to come from the tribe of Judah, uh, right? Uh, well, when you get to Jeremiah, uh, something very interesting happens. So track with me for a second. Uh, and this is, I know this first part of this uh, podcast is really just kind of a history lesson, but I think it'll all come together very nicely and you'll understand why we did it um, when we're done. Track with me for a second. So you get to the, uh, the, the, the kingdoms of Israel, uh, the kingdom of Israel under King David. Well, after David dies, uh, his son Solomon is the king. Uh, and unfortunately, Solomon, uh, near the end of his life, uh, he, uh, he was uh, following after his 700 wives and 300 concubines. And they kind of all led him away from the Lord a little bit, which, which, which after he died, uh, uh, moved into the fact that the two kingdoms split. Split into a northern kingdom, split into a southern kingdom. Okay, northern kingdom goes into captivity. It falls into complete apostasy. 22 kings, falls into apostasy. And in 606 BC, 722 BC, it falls under the Assyrian Empire. And then by 606 BC, Nebuchadnezzar comes in and takes over the northern kingdom. Okay, Uh, the southern kingdom of Judah, uh, which were where the kingly line of David was, uh, that they uh, they had twenty two kings as well, but four of those kings actually were were kings that followed after God and did good, and so it prolonged, if you will, the judgment that was going to come on Judah. But but by the time we get to the the final kings of of of, of Judah, uh, they they also fall into apostasy. And uh, when you get to the time of Jeremiah, which was right uh, right, Jeremiah was a prophet uh, that uh, prophesied over the uh, the captivity. Uh, of Israel, uh, he's he's primarily um, uh, prophesying uh, to the uh, the southern kingdom Judah, and uh, what we find out is in Jeremiah twenty two thirty, uh, it says this, uh, talking about the 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 last king of of Judah, uh, uh, Jeconiah, uh, or Jeremiah calls him Coniah, and it says this in Jeremiah twenty two thirty, thus saith the Lord, write ye this man, Jeconiah, childless. A man that shall not prosper in his days. For no man of his seed shall prosper sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. Well, this is a serious problem. Uh, many, many, many Old Testament prophecies uh, uh, determined that Jesus was going to come from the line of King David, Jeconiah. Uh, is a great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson uh, great, of King David, hence the reason why he's sitting on the throne. Uh, but God now, because of their uh, uh, apostasy that they had all fallen into now, the kings of, of Judah as well, uh, he, 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 God announces a blood curse on the line of King David. Uh, so, well, well, now what? How is how is how can Jesus uh, make a claim to the throne with a blood curse? And so, what we find out is, <laughs> as we move forward, uh, is is really truthfully, uh, this is the reason, uh, one of the reasons why the virgin birth was not only not only needed to be done, if you will, uh, but was an absolute necessity. It had to be, uh, obviously, in fulfillment of Genesis 3.15, which says the seed of the woman. Uh, do note that the seed comes from the man. Uh, but uh, And listen, you know what else is interesting about that whole blood thing is that uh, it, is, it is a man that children get their blood. Uh, that's an interesting uh, medical truth facts are a stubborn thing. Um, you would think that, that, that the, the child in the womb gets the blood from the woman, and that is not true. The child in the womb gets the blood from the man, 
so hence the reason why when you look at genealogies and things to that matter, the genealogies are always uh, 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 put around men, not women. Uh, anyways, with all that being said, what, what we're trying to, uh, come to come to is, okay, so in the garden, there, there, there's a very good chance that what Adam got was blood. Blood is a curse to mankind. Uh, it is the very thing that keeps us alive. The life of the flesh is in the blood, but it's also the very thing that's killing us. Okay. Now we fast forward and we know that, that Jesus has got to be born of, of, of the Davidic line, but, but God made a blood curse on the Davidic line. Uh, so, you know, that's 587 BC, roughly almost 600 years before the birth of Christ, somewhere in that area. Okay. Uh, so what is all of this? Why, why, why are we talking about this and how does this relate and why is this important to the virgin birth? Uh, so, uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and, uh, let's start unraveling the solution to our problem here. Sure. So, First of all, we have to identify the line that he does come from. And so, you know, when we read through, you know, the Gospels, there, there are these things called the genealogies, right? And so as we would read through them, we would think, well, this is, this is dry. Why do we have to read through all these names, so-and-so, we got so-and-so, we got so-and-so. But the importance of why God puts those in there is to identify uh, who he is and what line he comes from. So as Pastor Frank said, you know, there was a curse placed on that Davidic line, a blood curse. But first of all, we need to make sure that we understand uh, what line he actually does come from. And in Matthew chapter 1, we have that genealogy uh, of Jesus that shows the, his, his kingly line or, or his messiahship line that he comes from that line of, uh, of David. Um, so, and, and, but when we look into these genealogies, that's going to tell us uh, some telling things uh, going off of what Frank was talking about here. So you know, in Matthew, that, that is the gospel that shows Jesus for his, revealing him for the king, that he is the Jewish king and, and the Messiah. So uh, it, says, it says that right in verse number one, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David. Yes. Right? Okay. Right. So this particular genealogy uh, will show us and identify to us uh, that he does have right or claim to that Davidic line, uh, royal line, as, as being king. It, it takes us through, Matthew takes us through uh, his messiahship and is, presents him as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and traces the legal line from Abraham uh, uh, all the way through to David, and then through Solomon, that, that's the royal line, to Joseph, the legal father of Jesus. And Joseph, Joseph, of course, uh, in ver, in ver, in, now we're in Matthew chapter 1. Yep. A couple, couple quick things we want to take note of. Verse number 6 says, And Jesse begot David, and, and look at how, notice what Matthew emphasizes. Mm -hmm. And Jesse begot David the, the, the king. king, and David the king... We got Solomon, and, and then uh, uh, Solomon goes starts to go through uh, 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 his. It follows now his line, and as you follow his line, you'll notice that these are all the kings of Israel. If you go back into uh, the Kings and Chronicles, you'll see, especially Chronicles, who, who that highlights the 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 line of Judah. You'll see all these kings are kings of of, of Israel, and then it closes with in verse sixteen. And Jacob begot Joseph. Okay. And now notice, Joseph was the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Now, Christ, so everyone knows, your listeners, if you don't know, uh, that, that, that was not Jesus' last name, and it certainly wasn't a swear word. Uh, Christ is uh, the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah, the, the anointed one. Okay, so 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 here we are. We have this. We have this in Matthew. Um, it's presenting Jesus as king, but then we get to Luke, and something interesting happens. Robert, yeah. So, um, you know, Chris, you were talking about that genealogy there in Matthew chapter one, and we find a genealogy in Luke chapter three as well. Um, but you know, Luke is a physician, right? And uh, he focuses on the uh, humanity. Uh, of Jesus and presents him as the Son of Man, and and what Luke does essentially is he traces the bloodline from Adam, uh, the first man, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. But he traces the bloodline from Adam uh, through to David, um, and his uh, genealogy, Luke's, uh, from Abraham through David, is identical to Matthew's. 
But but then after David, uh, Luke departs from the path uh, that Matthew took and traces the family tree through another son of David, uh, being Nathan. And um, and so when you work your way through uh, Luke chapter three, uh, through this genealogy, you get down to the very last verse, um, and it says this in Luke chapter three verse thirty eight. Uh, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. And it's very interesting that Luke calls Adam the son of God. And, and many may look at that and think, well, I thought Jesus was the son of God. And and so what you do when you, uh, what you find when you start comparing Scripture to Scripture is, okay, well, we go back to where... We see Adam, and that, of course, is the book of Genesis. Um, and uh, in Genesis chapter three, of course, we know that uh, Adam and Eve fell. And uh, Genesis three fifteen, we talked about that that prophecy uh, in, our, in our last episode there. But um, when we come to Genesis chapter five, uh, we find yet another genealogy, and um, you know we're not going to get into that in any detail uh, in this episode. But when you look at the first few verses there. You, you find something truly amazing that if, if you're just reading through um, and in a haphazard manner, um, it's going to be really easy to overlook. Um, and, and so God kind of lays this thing out about what happened with, with Adam and, and his seed, uh, as it were. In Genesis chapter 5, it says, this is in verse 1, this is the book of the gen- uh, generations of Adam, and the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. And, and I think we would all, you know, and I'll get on board with that. Verse 2, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And so what we see here is something quite astounding. From Adam on, there are no more um, sons of God. Uh, God is. The, the, there are no more um, people who are made in God's image, as it were. Um, after Adam, Genesis five three says, "Those that were beget were after the likeness of man." And so that's why all through the Old Testament you see the phrase uh, "son of man." Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It isn't until John chapter one yeah. that we see the next occurrence of the phrase "son of God." So li- literally for 4,000 years, yeah. there was not a son of God on planet Earth. That's right. And, and, but Jesus and, came. Yes, exactly. And then that, that ties us to the this, this sure. importance of the son of God. And, and so when, when you look at um, John chapter 1 and verse 12, I referenced that a minute ago, uh, we see that as many, John chapter 1 and verse 12 says, as many um, as received him, to them gave he power to be called what? Son the sons of God. Of God. And, and that is such an astounding... And, and so moving forward, um, you know, we're talking about Adam there in Luke chapter 3, and now he was the son of God. Um, and then over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, we see... And bear with me for a second as I flip there. Here we go. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 22, uh, says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So we just see this this comparison of Adam and Christ. So you have the first Adam and the second Adam. Exactly. There, and then, then in verse uh, 45, uh, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam mm-hmm. was made a quickening spirit. And, and then, that word quickening means alive. That's it. That's it. And then there in verse 47, the first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man, being Christ, is the Lord from heaven. And, and so we just see how God has... Matter of fact, can you read the next verse? If yeah. I remember correctly, I think the next verse is, 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 is important. Uh, verse 48, as... As is the earthy, uh, such are they also that are earthy, and as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Keep going. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, yeah. we shall also bear the image, there's there that go. word from Genesis 5, there you go. bear the image of the heavenly. So so not that this this podcast is about this, but one thing that I think is important in, in what we just said here, uh, well, what we said, what the Bible said, is that man is not born in the image of likeness of God. Right. We're born in the image and likeness of Adam, the that, fallen race. And and part of the reason why Jesus came is to give us the power to get that image back. That's it. Uh, and, and he was the express 
image and likeness of God. Hebrews uh, comes to mind. That's it. Uh, so uh, that yeah. image was lost mm-hmm. in the fall. Um, and, and that's why we're told that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And, yeah. and you know, a lot of times we, we think that's you know he that, that's people. Um, well, he it, it, the Bible doesn't say that he came to seek and save those who were lost. Right. Yes, yes. That which was lost. Which what was, was lost? What was it that was lost? That image. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and and so that kind of uh, unravels, and, and and I just want to take a second to say this. Uh, that kind of unravels the mystery of God <laughs> that, that is wrapped in around the fact that Jesus was God. Because when you read through the Gospels, you hear these terms uh, that he was son of God, he was son of man. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Why, does he keep, why do they keep using these terms? Well, because God was all man. And God was all God. That's why. And, and he's the one that gave us the power to get back that which was lost. And so, okay, so uh, uh, are you done, Pastor Robert? Yeah. Okay, so so let's let's kind of let's kind of figure this out now. What so what it, what was uh, going on here in this version birth? So we have this this blood curse, uh, as as uh, uh, Chris brought us through Matthew. Uh, it helped us understand that uh, that uh, 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 Jesus was was born of the line of David. No doubt about it. He 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 was born uh, 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 of Joseph, but 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 hold on a minute now. But Joseph was the earthly dad, <laughs> right? So we look at that. And we go, well, wait a minute. So what what gives Jesus the right to the kingly line? And by the way, the kingly line that Joseph was born to was cursed. Remember Je- Je- Jeremiah 22? Right. All right, so, okay. So if that line's cursed, well, what's up? What are we going to do with that? Well, that's why we go to go to Luke chapter 3, okay? Uh, and, and, and as Pastor Robert uh, made reference to, uh, in verse 31, uh, where, where, where Matthew went to David's son, the kingly son, uh, 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 Solomon, uh, Luke goes to David's other son, Nathan. Yeah. But if you follow back the, the, uh, the, the line of Nathan, uh, what you're going to find is that um, you go to, uh, let's see here, verse number 23, we're in Luke 3. It says, And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, which was the son of, well, wait a minute, in Matthew... It said that Joseph was the son of who? Matthew chapter number one, right? And don't miss this now. It says that, that, that he was uh, 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 the son of Jacob. Mm. Well, well, wait a minute. Who's Heli? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Heli was the dad of Mary. Oh, so that. Mary also was of the line of David, just not the kingly line. Okay, so what happens here? Well, this is why you gotta. This is why man digging into the Bible is so much fun. We we've got some predicaments here. We we, we, we Jesus had to be born of the line of David. He he. That, that's the only way he could sit on that throne. But he also had to be born of a woman. Genesis three fifteen. So he he couldn't have been born of Joseph's line, because if he was. There'd be a blood curse on it, right. and he couldn't. He didn't have the authority to sit on that throne anymore. So what happened here? Well, to to, to get the answer, there's an interesting. You know, you go to Genesis, Numbers, or Genesis, uh, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and sometimes people go, you know, well, you know, that stuff's just Old Testament. It's really not that important. Let's uh, let's go to our New Testament. Well, okay. But the problem when you do that is, is oh man, you really miss out uh, because the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed and the New Testament's in the Old Testament concealed. Uh, so uh, there's answers to be found uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, and uh, one of those answers is, is going to help us put together this and unravel this mystery. Reveal. You like that? This mystery. Let's reveal this mystery. What's going on here? Well, uh, you remember Moses. Uh, he was uh, bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. Uh, he's in the wilderness right now. And uh, because Israel's, uh, you know, committing idolatry, committing fornication and murmuring and tempting Christ, uh, they're stuck in the wilderness here for 40 years. Uh, while they're there, 
Uh, God is giving Moses laws, his laws. And one of those laws are very, that, that's very pertinent, uh, 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 important for us to, to grab right here is um, there was a man by the name of uh, uh, Zelophehad. Zelophehad. Uh, he had two, two daughters, okay? Uh, and, and you need to make note what was going on here. Uh, you'll find this in, in numbers. Uh, what, but what was going on was that uh, inheritances were, were, and even today we do the same thing, right? When a, man's, uh, when a man has a, a son, uh, especially a firstborn son, uh, the inheritances of the father go to the son. Okay, well, this particular man, uh, uh, had didn't have any sons. He only had two daughters. And so the two daughters went to Moses and said, hey, what, what, we have an inheritance, but when dad dies, where, who gets our inheritance? We don't, he didn't have a son. And so what God does is he makes a exception to the rule, if you will. And, and he says that, that, that through whoever the daughters marry, their husbands would be grafted in, if you will, into the sonship, oh man, <laughs> puts chills up my back right now, into the sonship of the father is a, is a heliphat. So, get it. The, the two daughters married husbands, okay? And, and, and their inheritance now was given to their husbands uh, that Zahalafat uh, that, 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 that had. Mm-hmm. That, that make sense? Okay. So what happens here? Mary uh, is the daughter of Eli. Right. Okay. Uh, she doesn't have <laughs> a brother. <laughs> she marries Joseph. So guess what, folks? We're still Old Testament when, when, when Jesus is born. Most people don't understand that. I know we're in New Testament books, but the, 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 the New Testament does not begin until Jesus dies on the cross. So we're still, t- still talking about the birth of Jesus. Yeah. The law of Moses is still in effect. Hebrews 9 tells us that. Right. There's no okay. New Testament with right. the death of a so, so So here we are now. Uh, Mary marries Joseph. So what do you think happens now? All that... Mary's inherit. Mary came from the line of King David, did she not? Okay, all of her uh, inheritance goes to Joseph. So you see what you, what you see what God just did? Bypass. He just bypassed, and he gave that inheritance. Now Jesus has the kingly right to once again sit on the throne of David. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the blood curse is bypassed because. Where, how, how, how was Jesus born? Conceived of the Holy Ghost. Oh, boy. What was the purpose of that blood? Oh, man, the purpose of that blood was everything. It was not just something. It was everything. He had, and by the way, as we bypass all of that and, and God throws this curveball, <laughs> only God could do, <laughs> right? Um now let's let, let's kind of uh, move into okay. Well, okay. What was the importance of that blood? Well, what the importance of that blood? Remember now what we said when when Adam ate of that tree and he got that curse. Okay, remember the life of the flesh is in the blood. Okay, and I've given it to you. God says uh, for an atonement for your souls. Okay, can the blood of animals take away souls? No, and and, and so. Physical, earthly blood is cursed. Where did Jesus get his blood from? The Holy Ghost. What does Acts 20, uh, verse 28 say? Acts 20, 28 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. See, Jesus purchased the church with his blood. And what I love about that verse is, that verse says, God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Oh, sure. Another, so, another, another the proof text of, of deity of Christ. Sure. No doubt. So, okay. So what is the purpose of the blood? Why, why, why is that so important? Well, the reason why it's so important is because Jesus's blood. Uh, now, I think, don't think any of us would, uh, would doubt if we're Bible believers that Jesus, I mean, well, it's pretty, pretty obvious. He didn't sin. Right. There, there was no sin in him. Uh, he, he became sin for, for us, 
he who knew no sin. Okay, he 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 was his blood. There was something about his blood that was very very different than our blood. Our blood was cursed. His blood wasn't. Interestingly enough, if you go back into Exodus, uh, what you'll find is is that when uh, um, uh, when God's talking about this this future spiritual birth that's going to take place. Um, he, he talks about, uh, in Exodus 36, if I remember correctly, he talks about how he's going to take out the old hard, uh, uh, heart, your hard heart. He's going to take that out and he's going to put in a heart, a new heart, a spiritual heart into the new man. So now stop and think about this. What pumps blood through your body? Your heart. Isn't that interesting? So you want to know what God did? It's, it's a spiritual circumcision. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's not this is this is this is a beautiful beautiful thing. This isn't baptism we're talking about. This is this is what God did. When when we call upon Jesus as our savior, when we uh accept him as our lord, what Jesus does is he takes out our old heart, which by the way is desperately wicked who can know it. He takes out that old heart that was pumping death blood into us, and then he spiritually, this is why you need to be born again, he spiritually puts in his heart, it's spiritual circumcision, right? That's pumping Jesus' blood in you. Yeah. And so when you stand before him, whose blood do you got pumping through your veins? His. Uh, and now the Passover. He'll pass you over. You you, you are, are, are his now. And so... What is the purpose of the virgin birth? Oh, man. <laughs> what we're finding out is, is the purpose, purpose of the virgin birth is a lot more serious than we thought. And there's the, the purpose of this blood is a lot more important than we thought. And uh, uh, again, uh, as we get close to our Christmas season, uh, can I just in, implore all our listeners, man, first of all, God don't mess around, amen? Right. You you couldn't make that up if you tried. Yeah, I mean, talk about some of the greatest stories ever told. Yeah. Oh my! And, and, and what's cool about that is you need a bunch of different writers to put all that together. It wasn't just like one writer made all that happen. No, in one sitting, we went we yeah. went to five or six different books. And by the way, we could keep going to some more. There's no way these guys were in cahoots with together. They didn't even live next to each other. It's just a, it's it's an unbelievable thing. It really is. Yeah, and what what I love about this conversation is it just it makes so much sense. You know, when you when you look at it, 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 it it's the the how and the why behind the what. It, yeah. It's not just you know oh, oh you know Christian church stuff that we just are taught and passed down and we kind of understand a surface level of, of the what. Oh yeah, Jesus was born in a virgin, but we have no idea why, no idea of the implications of it, no idea how. Oh, well, it was, you know, God and, you know, he did this and, he, you know, he, he was God. And no, I mean, he shows us we have his mind, 1 Corinthians 2.16, and he, he teaches us and he shows us by comparing Scripture with Scripture what we are able to um, talk about today. And it's all through uh, the Bible. So I just, I love how we are able to understand the how and the why behind the what, and, and not just take it at face value, as it were. I mean, the Lord says it, and, and we believe it, but like, he, he says, come, let us reason together. Yeah. You know, so we are able to understand these things and thus defend them, and besides that, just praise Him yeah. and, and know Him more intimately through these things. So... Chris, I'm going to I'm going to jump to you in a second, but I want to set this up real quick. So, get this. In that uh uh Acts 20:28 20, passage, you talked about how he purchased us with his blood. And and I think that's an interesting interesting way to phrase it, purchased us. What does that mean he purchased us? Well, that's the whole that's the whole idea behind uh the understanding of what redemption is. R- redemption uh, is 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 a uh, uh, when somebody is redeemed, uh, what that means is uh, from a biblical standpoint. Okay, it means you're being bought back from some bought back from something. What was it that we were sold into? Well, we were sold into sin. When Adam was a son of God, he lost it. <laughs> Jesus redeemed us 
okay, by the blood of the lamb, by the way, okay, he bought us back from being sold into sin, right? And so there's some verses in the Bible that I think are important. First uh, uh, John 2, 2 is coming to mind and, and some other things. Chris, can you just talk to us real quick about that? Yeah, so again, as we're setting all this stuff up, you know, we're going through, Pastor's going through a lot of history stuff, and, and but we have to make it known the importance of why he had to be, why Jesus had to come through a virgin birth, yeah. and that's why he went to the daughters of Zelophehad and all that kind of stuff. So God actually makes a, a way around that curse that came through uh, the Davidic line to show us the reason why he had to come as a virgin birth, and we got to remember, uh, the purpose why Jesus came to begin with was because of everything that Pastor's talking about. We were sold under the bondage of sin because of the fall in the garden, and so there had to be an answer for that, and that was what, what God did with Jesus. He, he was the lamb that was uh, slain before the foundations of the world. The reason he came was because we needed that righteous blood to be shed so that we could have our sins forgiven. And uh, he was, Pastor was just talking about that, that purchase, that, that redemption, which means to be bought back, bought back from that sin. And so there's plenty of verses that we can go to in the Word of God to show us that Jesus was the, the, the only one qualified because of his virgin birth, because that blood was God blood through the Holy Ghost. He was the only one that was able to shed the blood for our sins. And I think of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, mm -hmm. which says, in whom we have, he's talking, this is Paul talking to the church, he says, in whom we have redemption mm -hmm. through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And then we also have um, what Pastor was just talking about in 1 John uh, chapter 2 and verse 2. Let me get there real quick, where he says, and he, speaking of Jesus, is the propitiation of for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And that, that word there, propitiation, means a bloody sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So pastor was talking about in the Old Testament how they had to have animal sacrifices to atone for sin, and that was just a temporary covering. They had to continually sacrifice those animals over and over again. Uh, but Jesus came as a one-time sacrifice to pay for all of the sins of man. So the importance of his virgin birth uh, signifies why... His blood was the only blood that was uh, qualified for that, that uh, for our sins. It we doesn't have to be done over and over again. It was that one-time thing, and, and, and those, those, he redeemed us back. He redeemed us and purchased us out of that sin through his blood having been shed. Yeah, yeah and, and it's what Colossians 1.13 says. That he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. It's that redemption, that buying us back. Well, and Colossians 1.14 <laughs> says that we have yeah. redemption through his blood, go. even he, the forgiveness of sins. That's it. That's yeah, it. Amen. All right. So I think we, uh, I think we did a good job of, uh, of, of uh, explaining uh, the, uh, the purpose of the, of the version birth. Obviously, if you have any questions or if you have any thoughts, uh, please send us a email uh, and, uh, and uh, we can, uh, we can discuss those things. Uh, but let's close it with this, um, and, and I just want to talk about this real quick because I think it's important. Um, you know, uh, when, 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 uh, after Jesus was born, uh, there were some wise men that visited Jesus. Uh, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think today we have some misunderstandings of, of biblically how that took place. I uh, don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but the... Uh, but you're going the, to. Oh, we're, go we're going to a little <laughs> bit here. Uh, you know, biblically speaking, uh, again, as we are, have already said, Je Jesus was not born on December 25th. Uh, that is a, uh, a man-made uh, doctrinal thing that came from through the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, but uh, uh, another thing that I think that we need to, to look at is, is uh, when did those wise men uh, come and visit Jesus and, and what was the uh, purpose of the gifts that it gave them? And we only got, uh, we're running out of time here. So we got about seven, eight minutes here. Let's, let's take seven or eight minutes and just kind of go through this. I think we can do that uh, pretty quickly. Uh, so, so get this. First of all, who are these wise men? Uh, if you were to go back into the book of Daniel, uh, what you'll find out is, is that uh, Daniel did some things for King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he, he interpreted some dreams. Uh, and uh, through those interpretations, uh, obviously God uh, was using Daniel. Uh, Daniel was set up as uh, one of the uh, leaders, if you will, over the, uh, over the wise men uh, of, uh, of Babylon during that time. Um, and so 
as things get passed down uh, and things go on, uh, Daniel's teaching those wise men uh, of, of, of Babylon some very important things. Uh, you know, he, he, he teaches them the number, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, the 70-week of Daniel prophecy. Uh, he's teaching them the coming of the Messiah. Uh, and among those things, he teaches them Numbers chapter 24, uh, verse 17, which says, uh, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and the scepter shall rise out of Israel. Uh, and, and, and so he taught these wise men to be looking for a star. Uh, and uh, interestingly enough, uh, that was around eh, 587 BC, somewhere in that area when, when Daniel uh, uh, teaches these wise men that. So through the process of time, uh, Medo-Persian Empire comes to power, and then the, uh, the Grecian Empire comes to power, and the Roman Empire. Th- these wise men came from the east, so most likely they were a remnant of the Persian Empire uh, is probably where they came from. Um, and, and what happens is they see the star in the sky and they know what the, scar, the star in the sky is because Daniel taught it to them. And so here comes these wise men uh, and they're, uh, they're, they're, they understand who, the, who this star is for. Uh, man, and I would love to take the time just to kind of dig into all that. That's a pretty cool thing. Uh, but uh, know this. Uh, in, in Matthew uh, 2, 1 and 2, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now listen, what you want to understand is, is that when they actually did come, they came about two years after Jesus was born. Right. Uh, Luke chapter 1 gives us the information we would need to uh, unravel that. They actually came to the house where the child was, okay? Uh, an infant's not a child, yeah. Uh, he was two years old when they came. Hence the reason why uh, 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 Herod killed all the babies two years and younger, okay? Um, that just throws the whole nativity scene that everybody wants to set up. Uh, they didn't come in the manger. That's not where they came. Uh, they came to see Jesus at the house. Uh, but let's close with this. They, ca- they came with three gifts. And by the way, there's no evidence that there was only three wise men. The reason why we say three wise men is because they gave three gifts. Most likely there was uh, many, many more than three that came, uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, but let's just talk about those three gifts right now, and then uh, maybe we can uh, we can uh, call it a day. Uh, and the reason, and you say, well, Pastor, why are we talking about the three gifts? Well, because those three gifts were prophetic in their own right. Uh, nothing in the Bible is done by ex- uh, accident. Uh, so the question is, um, you know, why did they bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Which one do you guys want to jump in on that one? Yeah, so the importance of these three gifts, like Pastor said, is that they were prophetic. The, the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh uh, speak to particular offices that Jesus uh, was going to hold. Um, the frankincense... Uh, speaks to him as the high priest because that was the uh, incense that the high priest would bring in that tabernacle before the uh, Holy of Holies. And we know that Jesus is the high priest. You can go to uh, Hebrews for that, which identifies him as our high priest. Chapter 7. It's chapter 7, okay. And so if the frankincense speaks to the fact that he was the high priest. Um, do you want me to hit all three of these, or do you want to... Uh, yeah, I'll take one. The uh, the gold... Um, Speaking of Christ's deity, um, his, his kingship, um, he, 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 as we talked in this uh, podcast <clears throat> and um, and ones preceding this, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, he's um, um, the the Son of God, God in flesh. First Timothy chapter three verse sixteen. Um, so so bringing the, the, this gift of gold, uh, prophesying uh, that that he he would be um, not just a a, a man. Uh, but the God man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would uh, add to that, that um, uh, gold is offered to a king That's to it. worship the king. That's it. And uh, by the way, Jesus never, uh, d- never neglected anybody bringing worship to him. Yeah. And God says that there's only one to be worshiped. Uh, and so, uh, but at the same time they brought him myrrh. Yeah. And now myrrh, I'll take that one. <laughs> uh, myrrh uh, speaks of death right. in the Bible. Uh, it's uh, and certainly when Jesus died, uh, just for instance, uh, when Jesus died on the cross, uh, they bring myrrh. It was it was an ointment 
that was given to uh, to uh, uh, embalm the dead um, in Myrrh, Smyrna. You yep. think of that in Revelation uh, chapter number two. Uh, it speaks of bitterness and death. And so this is the third office of Jesus, which was going to be a prophet. And you say, well, what does a prophet have to do with death? Well, because all the prophets of God were, have, have, were, were killed. Uh, so, so you have these three offices. You have the, the, the office of, of king, uh, which Jesus uh, certainly is going to be the king of kings. Uh, you have the office, of, and interestingly enough, these offices are backwards, if you will, right? Myrrh, the prophet, he, he, he was killed, right? Then, then you have the high priest, which he is now. And then you have the office of of king, which he will be mm-hmm. uh, when he sits on the throne of David. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I think we could also put the spiritual sense to that for us for us in the church today. Uh, uh, listen, we are to bring ourselves to the throne uh, by uh, uh, death, right? We need we need to die to self. Galatians two twenty. Uh, certainly, uh, you know we need to be crucified with Christ. Uh, then, then secondly, uh, we are the priest of God. We are a kingdom of priests. And then thirdly, he is to be the king of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so anyways, um, good stuff. Amen. Good stuff. And uh, all right. Well, I think we, uh, we did a pretty good job of uh, discussing uh, the prophecies of Jesus' uh, birth. Um, obviously, there's probably much, much more we could talk about. Uh, but in our next uh uh, in our next uh, podcast, and probably truthfully, it's going to take us a, a, a few to go through. Uh, we we kind of been alluding to it uh, as we've been talking over the course of these last uh, these last two podcasts. But um, you know, we we've been talking about how Christ. Uh, we we're going to be talking about how Christ became a man. You know, the Son of Man. We what what does that mean? Why did Christ become a man? What what uh, we we already got some understanding of what the importance of the blood is, but there is some more to it that I think is worthy of our conversation, and so we'll pick that up uh, uh, next time. Uh, but listen, if you're if you are listening right now, we would love to have you come to One Baptist Church here. Christmas is uh, a few days away, so Merry Christmas and uh, hope everybody uh, uh, has a uh, has a good time remembering the Lord and what He's done for us. Uh, but yeah. we would love to have you come and visit us. Uh, if you if you reside here in Jacksonville, uh, Florida, uh, we would uh, love to have you to, uh, uh, to just come and uh, fellowship with us and and just see what we're all about and uh, hopefully uh, you will see that uh, we are a church that's uh, bent on on the Lord Jesus Christ being our authority. Amen. Yes. All right. Well, we hope that you enjoyed and uh, like I said again, if you have any questions or anything like that, you want to send us an email. Uh, please do so, and uh, you'll hear that uh, our email address here in the closings, and uh, we would uh, love to hear from you. Love you, and God bless. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor, Frank Silvaggio. Associate Pastor, Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.